the, the title of this series is More Than Meets the Eye. And the idea behind that is, in our lives, we have to admit there is more than meets the eye. And when you think about it, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I believe it's verse 18 that we're using as kind of our, our key text for this series. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So in the, in the world that we live in, there is the seen and unseen realm that are living together at the same time. The challenge is, so many times we tend to go by what we see, and the Lord's Word reminds us that we need to go by what we don't see. For everything that we see, it's important, but it's temporary. It's the unseen that's eternal. Here's the thought. The real world is the simultaneous existence of both the natural and spiritual realms. We cannot separate the spirit from the flesh and the flesh from the spirit. We don't have an empirical view of, of physical and spiritual like some people do in our culture. That they think the spiritual part is going to come later. It doesn't come later. The spiritual part's now. It's now and later. Has anybody ever had a now and later? They're wonderful and they go for all, and then they're now and later, 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 right? I mean, you just keep chewing on those things. The, the physical is going to come to an end, but the spiritual is going to continue. So we focus, we're focusing on healing opportunities in this series because when it comes to healing, we believe without a doubt that God's our healer. Can I get an amen? amen. That was horrible. We believe without a doubt that God's our healer. Can I get an amen? amen. All right, thank you. So God is our healer, and we know it, and we trust him, and we believe in him for that. But there are times that he gives healing different ways. And there are times that somebody that believes that God's the healer and they get frustrated that they don't have the evidence of it in their physical body yet when we just need to look at the different ways that God gives healing. So we're going to put up the first four that we talked about already, healing opportunities. Number one, God's word gives healing. Number two, believing Jesus is the Messiah brings healing. That is specific. Scripture says, if you believe he's the Messiah, it brings healing. Number three, the anointing brings healing. Number four, dealing with spiritual footholds brings healing. So we'll leave these up here for just a second. If you want to take a photo of those so that you have them for your notes, go right ahead and click it and save it, tweet it to your followers, and make a difference in the lives of others. But these are four healing opportunities that we've already spent a lot of time on, and we've learned different ways that God uses this to bring healing. Then we've got others that we've talked about. Number five, a cheerful heart brings healing. Number six, the joy of the Lord brings healing. Number seven, obedience brings healing. And number eight, one of my favorites, honestly, compassion brings healing. And we'll leave those up there for just a moment. We've already spent a lot of time talking about each of those. So many times we see in the healing gifts that healing gifts happen because Jesus was moved with compassion, okay? So that's what we've spent the last couple of weeks talking about. Let's pick it up with number nine today. So there's my flashy introduction, which I know is not flashy at all, but let's keep walking through this Bible study together. Number nine, the Spirit gives gifts of healings to bring healing. The Spirit gives gifts of healings to bring healing. This is something that we really need to learn there is one Spirit, Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit gives gifts to His people, and He gives different gifts, but they come from the same Spirit. 
And we learn in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, as well as, as verses 8 through 10, where it says, there are different kinds of gifts. And we're going to read off, I believe nine of them are listed. But the gifts come from the same Spirit who distributes them. To one, to one person, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of languages or tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. So we read through these gifts. And over and over, the Lord's using Paul to emphasize there are several gifts that are listed, but all of those gifts come from the same Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives different gifts to His people. Let me remind you of something. The Holy Spirit doesn't give gifts to you just for you to hold on to. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to you so that He can give gifts through you to others. Okay? The Holy Spirit gives gifts to you so that He can give them through you to others. In 1 Corinthians 12, we're given some direction for a public gathering. We're in a public gathering right now. The Holy Spirit is in this room. And different ones of us have been given different gifts from the Lord. Does the pastor have every gift? Not a chance. Not a chance. Do you have every gift? Probably not. But he gives different ones of us different gifts to be used for the purpose of ministering to his body, ministering to others. Let me ask you a question. How many are familiar with the verse that God, in the Old Testament, that it says, God will do nothing without first revealing it to his prophets? You familiar with that verse? So let's just say that somebody has a prophetic gift and they're in this room. And God is giving them a prophetic gift, which is a word of insight for our body as we are moving forward into what God has for us. And that person with that prophetic gift has that gift, and they have some knowledge that we need as a body to move forward with, but they're not prophesying. Perhaps we're not allowing them to prophesy, which would be a mistake from the under-shepherd. Or perhaps they're just sitting on it because they feel intimidated about sharing it, and I don't like to speak out publicly, and the last thing that I want to do is cause anybody to be confused. For whatever reason, they're not prophesying. They're not giving that prophetic word. Is it God's fault? Is it God's fault if the under-shepherd doesn't allow it? No. Is it God's fault if the prophet isn't prophesying? No. As a matter of fact, God's word says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to who? The prophet. In other words, God doesn't put his gifts in us to dominate through us. He puts his gifts in us that we can partner with him so that they can be used. If we need direction, but we're not allowing a prophet to prophesy, there's no reason to be aggravated at God. We need to say, Lord, we want that prophet to prophesy. If we need a miraculous sign or a wonder... If we need a gift of faith, it is not God's fault if the person with the gift of faith is sitting on it, or the prophetic word is sitting on it, or with the sign and wonder isn't giving it. Think about it this way. When it comes to gifts of healings, 
There are times that the healing gift is going to happen in your body or in somebody else's body because somebody operated with a spiritual gift of healing and that's how they were healed. So if they don't allow that gift to flow through them and that's the way that God wants to give that healing to someone is I've given so-and-so a gift of healing and they need to release it to that person and they're not releasing it to that person, it's not God's fault. He's already given them the gift to be given through them. Are you following me? The Spirit gives gifts of healings. Think about it. The Holy Spirit gives gifts of healing for the purpose of being given away to those struggling with sickness or disease. There are times that there are people that have healing gifts that just need to make them available. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it's a powerful verse. It says, each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I'll ask a quick question. How many of you want as much of God's grace as you can have? Absolutely. How many of you think of yourself as God's grace to somebody else? Absolutely. Pastor Josh does. Okay, there's a few of us that have that confidence. Honestly, God gives you gifts to steward, or another word that would be used, and it was used in the NIV 1984 edition, was administering God's grace. Dispensing is another word that can be used here. Dispensing the grace of God. So God gives gifts to us to give them through us to other people, and those gifts are His grace in action. We need the healing gifts in action. And if if we've put borders on you that says, we don't want you to operate in gifts of healing, if we've done that, I apologize. I don't think we have, but if we have, I apologize. Because there's enough sickness in the world that we need everybody with gifts of healings using them. Amen? Number 10. The Spirit gives words of wisdom and words of knowledge to bring healing. Now, I'm not going to give you a new verse for this because we just read it out of 1 Corinthians 12 when it talked about words of wisdom and words of knowledge. And you might be thinking, well, Pastor Brad, a word of wisdom isn't necessarily a healing gift. You're right. But God can use a word of wisdom to bring healing. Has anybody else ever made fun of Christian television? Or am I the only one? Okay. Okay. I mean, you see some stuff on there, you're like, really? That's where you're going? I I mean, I get it. But I don't want to throw out all the good because of some of the bad. And I remember one time we were in in our home, and we are worshiping with a revival that's being broadcast on God television. And we're worshiping, and we're enjoying the presence of the Lord, and the lead minister steps up and he says, I believe somebody watching television right now. Now, I'm going to pause here. How many people are watching television right now? How many thousands could be, hundreds of thousands could be watching right now? And in the past, cynical Brad would take over. Do any of you have a cynical side? Cynical Brad would take, he's going to call out somebody with a backache. Who doesn't have a backache? I mean, if you think about it enough, any one of us could have a back. How many could kind of have a backache right now? If you really think about it, my goodness, we have our children raising their hands. I mean, anybody could have a backache. Here we go. Somebody's got a backache. Well, of course somebody has a backache. You know what? If you want to be a prophet, come into Faith Chapel. We got like 150 people here. You can't just throw out random things and hope that it hits. You better be hearing from God. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we don't have the, give me a church of 10,000. You can hit somebody, right? We need to hear specifically. 
But before I went into cynicism, thankfully, he said, somebody has asthma and God is healing you of asthma right now. And when he spoke that, I knew it was me. I battled asthma my whole life. I, I was on Advair taking two doses every morning, two doses every evening. Played basketball in high school, played basketball in college. In, in that season of my life, in the best shape of my life, and still could hardly keep breath when I was running because of asthma. And he spoke and he said, somebody's being healed of asthma right now. I don't even remember where the revival was that they were broadcasting from. But what I know is that when he spoke that, I went, that's for me. That's for me. I'm healed of asthma. I'm healed of asthma. And I just claimed that I am healed of asthma. And I started, I'm like, I can breathe deep. I am healed of asthma. And that night, before grabbing the Advair, like I had every other night for the last however long, I went, not tonight. Why would I need Advair when I'm healed? The last time that I took Advair was seven years ago, the first week of this May. Seven years I have been asthma-free and healed, and it was because a word of knowledge was given, and I grabbed it. I grabbed it. So not only do spiritual gifts of healing give healing, but a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge can be a word about healing. And we just grab hold of it. Sometimes a word of wisdom might be, there's a job opportunity that is in front of you, and the Lord would say, don't step through that door. It's a word of wisdom. You could also say, you have been going through a lot of pain in your shoulder, and the Lord says, he is going to bring healing to you. It's a word of wisdom. It's not a gift of healing, but it still brings healing. Are you following me? Okay. Let's go to number 11. I want to spend time here. Defeating principalities and powers brings healing or bring healing. How many know that we're in a spiritual battle? Okay. There are principalities and powers. In Ephesians chapter 6, we'll start with verse 10. Paul says, finally. And I don't think he says that just because he knows they're tired of reading. Okay? If you read through Ephesians, not only is he talking about the beauty of Jew and Gentile coming together to form one body, but he's also talking a lot about spiritual warfare. In Ephesians 4, he says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry and don't give the devil a foothold. We talked about that last week. So he's talking to them about spiritual battle. And so he says... To the Christians, remember, the church in Ephesus, they were not non-Christians. These are people that love Jesus. He says to them, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We'll leave this up here for just a moment. First of all, I want to encourage you that God wouldn't exhort us to do something that we didn't need to do. Is it possible to be a follower of Christ and not have on the armor of God? Absolutely. Or we wouldn't have been encouraged to put on the armor of God. Why would he tell us to put something on that we could never take off? Okay? You can take it off. You can, you can lay it aside. We're not talking about that sixth grade boy that refuses to take a bath or a shower when mom and dad aren't around. That does, I've, been, I've been to middle school camp. 
okay? I've seen that sixth or seventh grader that comes home at the end of the week and mom opens the suitcase and goes, oh my goodness, everything's exactly the way I left it because they wore the same outfit all week long. It's not too often in the spirit that you pull that off. You need to armor up, ladies and gentlemen. And you need to armor up because he's inferring to us that the way to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power is to put on the armor of God. Put on the armor of God has nothing to do with being mighty and powerful. No, that doesn't even make sense. You put on the armor of God so that you can be mighty and powerful, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Let's look at this Greek word for scheme for a moment. The Greek word for scheme is methodia. Methodia. And when I did this word study, my default was to think method. Right? Oh, this is where the word method comes from. So I need to be aware of the enemy's methods. It's closely related to the word method, but it's not the root for our word method. Methodia is actually the root for our word trickery, deceit, and all types of cunning acts. All types of cunning acts. Now, with that, we talk about spiritual forces, spiritual authorities, spiritual rulers, spiritual powers. I've done a complete teaching on this before, and I'm not going to take a lot of time on it right now, except to remind you that there's infrastructure in the dark realm. There are spiritual powers. There are spiritual authorities. There are spiritual forces. Sometimes you might be dealing with a little spirit of infirmity that's attacking your home that you need to deal with. Sometimes you might be dealing with a spiritual force that is over a region that you need to deal with. Okay? They have different levels of authority, different levels of control. And you need to armor up so that you can face these things, you can be strong in the Lord, and you can take your stand against the methodia of the enemy. The trickery, the deceit, and the all types of cunning acts. Let me define all types of cunning acts. Are you ready for this? Jot this down. All types of cunning acts. Isn't that amazing? What are you saying, Pastor Brad? I'm saying that we need to armor up because the enemy will walk into our home as a spirit of fear. Because he wants us to be intimidated and he wants us to be afraid. He wants us to go the opposite of what God has for us when God's word says you haven't been given a spirit of fear, but what? Power, love, and a sound mind. God's word says that the righteous are as bold as what? A hamster, that's right. No, a lion, okay? You're as bold as a lion, that you have power, you have authority, you have a sound mind. The enemy wants you to cave to fear. He wants you to be afraid of ISIS. He wants you to be afraid of political correctness. He wants you to be afraid of the intimidation of our culture. He wants you to be afraid of everything. He wants you in the closet. Everybody else is out of it. He wants you in it. And yet God's word says, you put on the armor of God and you come against the methodias of the enemy, and you face them, and you go forward in the name of Jesus, and not only are you not intimidated, but you know that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Amen. Somebody can say amen. amen. I mean, seriously. We walk in the anointing of the Lord in this. How many of you have ever walked into the, a dark room and felt that spirit of fear? You get the shivers all over. It's scary, and it... I, it, it, it projects what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Fear is afraid. 
And you're just receiving the projection of what it is. Think about it. Spirits of fear bring fear. Spirits of anxiousness bring anxiousness. Spirits of lust bring lust. And spirits of infirmity bring infirmity. Are you saying that every infirmity that a person faces is is a spiritual demon? No. Are you saying every lust that a person battles is a spirit of lust? No, I'm not. Because there's temptation of lust. There's temptation of anxiousness that we have the authority to overcome. But I do know there are also spirits of anxiousness. There's spirits of deceit. There's spirits of mockery. There's lying spirits. And we need to have the... No wonder the armor of God says that you start off by putting on the belt of what? Truth. That you allow your chest to be covered with the breastplate of His righteousness. We armor up because we're in spiritual battle. I get it, ladies and gentlemen. I get it. There are many of us, I think it's really interesting that we're in a season on healing in our church, focusing specifically on the many different ways that we receive our healing. And I think it's really interesting how many people within this fellowship are battling sickness right now. The enemy doesn't want us to believe the promises of God, and he sure doesn't want us to give them to anybody else. Our oldest daughter, Emma, is severely battling migraine headaches. I mean, severely. It's affecting her life. It's affecting her school attendance. We need freedom. We need deliverance. We need that broken off of her. We need a broken off. Some of you, you've got your own battles that you're facing, but they're not just your own battle. This is our battle in the Lord. We will stand together arm in arm. We believe the promises of God. We will armor up and we command in the name of Jesus for spirits of infirmity to take their affliction off our family. We command it in the name of Jesus. So God, we put on the armor today. I ask that the belt of truth would surround us. And I pray that as the truth surrounds us, it would surround our, not only our spiritual man, but our physical man. And that every vital organ of our body would be covered by truth. And we tell the organs in our body, we tell our pancreas and our kidneys and our stomach, we tell every organ within our body, you will function according to the truth of the way you were created to function in the name of Jesus. We put on the breastplate of God's righteousness. And we know that your righteousness covers us, God. And it also makes our body right. I thank you that our feet are prepared with the readiness of the gospel of peace. We step into those shoes today. That gospel of the kingdom is our freedom and our authority. We receive the helmet of salvation over our mind. Not only is our thought life covered, but headaches are broken. Tumors can't live there. Migraines are defeated. Any attack of the enemy against us physically must go in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that we can hold the shield of faith because with the faith, we extinguish the fiery darts that the enemy shoots our direction. And I thank you that as we hold our faith that God is our healer and our savior and our deliverer, that every attack must die in Jesus' name. We take our weapon of the sword of the Spirit. We know that with it, God, we can cut through bone and marrow. It divides truth. I thank you, Father, that with the sword of the Spirit, we can cut through any attack of the evil one in Jesus' name. And we know that we can pray in the Spirit on all occasions. With all kinds of requests, we can make our needs known before you. 
God, we armor up today in the name of Jesus. We put on your armor because your armor defeats the sickness that attacks us in Jesus' name. There are times your healing is given by putting on the armor of God to defeat spiritual authorities. Armor up. How many got dressed today? About half of you. Thank you. Those of you on the web stream, you're missing quite a show today. About half of them. We armor up. Put it on every day. When I studied this, I have been re, I'm reminded and convicted to take time to speak the armor on every day. Every day. Number 12, defeating an evil spirit brings healing. And if you're wondering, Pastor Brad, that seems really close to what we talked about. It is very close. But remember, the spiritual authorities and powers, it's by putting on the armor that the healing, because you're keeping that sickness at bay. You're putting on the armor of God for healing. This is literally the defeating of an evil spirit. Look in Matthew 12, 22 to 23. They brought him a demon-possessed man. I think it's interesting that they recognize that. They brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, could this be the son of David? The demonic stronghold was so great in this man's life that it took away his ability to see and his ability to speak. That's intense. Now, I know we can get trying to cut up the words and definitions of what does it mean to be possessed, oppressed, vexed with, attacked by, a foothold of spiritual authorities. I'm, I want to go on record as saying this. I do not believe a Christian can be possessed of a demonic spirit because you already are owned by God. The Holy, you, the Holy Spirit lives in you. So I don't believe that you can be possessed of a devil. I am going to tell you this, though. You can be oppressed enough that you can't tell the difference. And it doesn't matter whether we say it was possession or oppression or vexed with or demonized in the Greek. If it is working you over, you don't really care. You just want the thing done with, right? And in this situation, we have a spirit that literally, I mean, we're told demonized right there, possessed a man to the point that it took away his ability to see and his ability to speak. And when Jesus dealt with that spirit, the man was restored and he could both talk and see. Not only do we have that example, look in Matthew 17. In Matthew 17, Jesus has been up on the mountain with Simon Peter, James, and John. It's that moment of transfiguration that many of us know about. His clothing became as white as a flash of lightning, I believe Luke described it as being. And when they came down the hillside, there was a guy that had brought his child to the disciples to minister to. And when they came down, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Notice Jesus' response. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? You think he was rebuking the father? No, 
the father brought his son to people that he felt could give him some hope. Jesus wasn't looking at this man and saying, help my son and going, you unbelieving pervert. How long am I? He was talking to his staff. This was a Tuesday morning staff meeting. You unbelieving weasels. When's somebody else going to lay some hands on some sick people around here so I don't have to do all the work? This was last Tuesday. Okay. He's, he's calling out his disciples. He's already given them the authority. He's like, wake up, wake up. Bring the boy to me. These guys can't take care of it, I'll do it. Jesus rebuked the demon, it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. It's beautiful. I don't know all this stuff about spiritual warfare, but I do know this, that if the sickness is demonic, as soon as the demon is driven out, healing happens immediately because that sickness was a demonic attack. So you deal with the demon and the healing happens, okay? That much I do know. I've seen it happen. I, listen, I'm not the oldest guy in the room, but I'm older than I've ever been. It's hard to believe, but I've been in full-time ministry since I was 21, and I'll be 40 stinking seven this summer, okay? It's hard to believe how quickly this thing passes, right? So I've been in it for a long time now, and I will say, not only do I see it biblically, but I've seen it in personal experience that when we've prayed for somebody that has a sickness and it's demonic, when you break the demon, they're healed. They're absolutely healed, okay? Number 13. And we're going we're gonna to get these done. We're going to get 13, 14, and 15 done. Can you believe it? We did this morning. We did, and we're going to do it. Because they all flow from the same text. But they, they show us a different method of healing. Here we go. James 5, verses 14 through 15. Here's the 13th point. Ask the elders to pray over you to bring healing. Ask the elders to... How many of you like living in the United States? Okay, how many you know the West wasn't one with a registered gun? Right? Okay, all right. I love my Bible, I love my gun, and I love my coffee, right? I mean, we, we get it, and chocolate. So we, we are, we're independent people. At least we think we are. We're very much, we've, we've kind of got this spirit about, my goodness, we're the gateway to the West here. We've got this spirit about us. And one of the things that we forget, because we're Western, because... We think we get to vote the people in office because of all those things. We can forget the authority of kingdom. We really can. We can forget the authority of kingdom. And in the authority of kingdom, when people are given positions, they're not giving them to lord over people, but they're giving them to be a covering over people. How you don't want to lord over your children, you're just trying to be the covering that God's called you to be. Okay, there are times that you're dealing with stuff with your children. I'm like, I thought we were past this. And I'm not wanting to lord over them. I just, I'm a covering and I need to give them guidance. God's word says that a husband is a covering for a wife, but it also teaches that she's a covering for a man. So Beth and I give each other mutual covering. As, as, as Christians, did you know that Christians are actually called to give covering to their nation? Rather than constantly throwing rocks at it and calling out all sin for being sinful, 
We're actually to give covering to the place that we live. Covering is a really big deal. That's why this passage is important. James chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. Is anyone, of you, uh, is anyone among you sick? What are we told to do? Call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they will be forgiven. Now, the last sentence first. We're not saying that every sickness is sin. But we are saying if there's a sin that needs to be forgiven, it'll be dealt with. So I love that. What is our responsibility to call the elders of the church to pray over us? Well, Pastor Brett, I am a child of God. Yes, you are. I'm the apple of God's eye. Amen. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Preach it. I can overcome anything because his spirit is in me. Yes. Jesus in me, we got the victory. Jesus had it before you were here. Okay, he's not up in heaven going, Brad and me, we got the victory. He's got the victory. He's already victorious. And you, can approach, you don't have to go to a priest. You don't have to go to confession. You don't have to bow down enough times to make everything right. You have been given the access of a royal priest to God. Aren't you thankful for that? But there are times that some healings happen when we call an elder to pray over us. But Pastor Brad, why? All of these other things are true. You bet they are, but sometimes God does it this way because he wants us to learn to bring covering into our situation. I was convicted about this myself. Ray Brewer, Beth referred to him as her fill-in. I'm sure he would love that. Pastor Ray, if you watch this later, you're Beth's fill-in on Mother's Day. Phenomenal. If you're going to have a fill-in, you know Pastor Ray's a great guy to have fill-in. He'll do an amazing job. But you know what? He's not just a great speaker. and not, He's a covering for us because he's our, he's our district pastor. And you know who I need to call and ask him to pray over my daughter? Is my pastor. I need to ask him to pray for Emma because he's a spiritual covering in my life. It's not fair for him to try to guess if she's sick. And I've had that happen before. It doesn't happen much anymore. You guys are phenomenal. But back in the day when we weren't phenomenal, I, I've been sick for three days. You haven't even checked on me. We're talking like prior to Facebook before I had discernment. <laughs> Aren't you thankful for the Facebook spiritual gift of discernment? I sense that something's going on in your life. How is that? I saw the pictures, all right? Um, <laughs> people get so upset that you didn't check on them because they were sick, and I was like, call. I mean, I'm not going to answer, but you should still call. No, I'm kidding. Call the elders of the church. And I'm not saying I'm the only elder. I'm just, God puts people in our lives for us to call. There are times, you might not like it, and I might not like it, because I too carry the authority of the Lord. And I'm using gifts of healing. And I'm like, Lord, you use me in gifts of healing. But make a phone call. Call the elders to pray over you. Okay? So sometimes we just need to do that. Number 14, see, it really is going to work. Elders are to anoint you with oil and pray by faith to bring healing. They're to anoint you with oil and pray by faith. Did you know that an elder doesn't have to have the gift of healing to do this? They just need to be obedient. It's from the same passage. 
They'll pray over you and anoint with you with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. All they have to do is be obedient. And by being obedient, they're displaying their faith. Why would I take the time to oil you up if I didn't believe God was going to bring healing to your body? Okay? Why would I do that? And don't worry, we don't do it like they used to back in the day where they poured over your head and you, and we don't do that. We kind of believe in the Brill Cream method. Remember the Brill Cream commercial? A little dab will do you? Would you right? But we bring that anointing and we pray in faith and it happens. And number 15, last one for today. Can you believe this? Confess your sins to one another to bring healing. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We'll leave this up here for just a moment. I don't like confessing my sins to people any more than you do. Okay? I don't even like confessing them to my wife and she lives with me and knows them without any issue whatsoever. There are times I'm like, honey, I am so sorry. The old Brad is surging its head and coming out. I'm so sorry that I defaulted to anxiousness or I defaulted to anger. That misses the mark. I just confess that to you. I am sorry. I don't don't want to walk in that. If, If I need to do that in my own family... How much more do I need to do that with the body that God's connected me to? There are some healings, and we really are wrapping up. There are some healings that only happen through confession. Now, it didn't say that they necessarily needed to confess them to the elders. Okay, it wasn't about that. Because it says that we confess them to each other and we pray for each other so that we may be healed. So I thought to get us started today, maybe Destiny wouldn't mind confessing. Right, right. Just to set an, no, just to set an example. Okay, all right, well, so much for that idea. All right. Sorry, guys, if we don't receive healing, Destiny refuses to confess to anything. Your mom gave me a list of things she wanted us to talk about. Okay, all right. I, it, isn't it uncomfortable? Even in a joke, isn't it just miserable? It's miserably uncomfortable. You know why? Well, first of all, because that, that way would be completely inappropriate. But it's embarrassing if pride gets in the way to look at you and say, you know what? I need to confess. I haven't been controlling anger lately. Anger's been controlling me. So we're in a moment of praying for one another. And we say one of the ways that we receive healing is confession. And you might be here, and the Lord might be dealing with you. Where do you, where do you even go with that? If you're married, I think your spouse is a, a perfect person to go to. If we can't show humility to our own spouse, where do we go, <laughs> right? But you might be here, and you might go, you know what? I feel like I'm supposed to go to that brother or that sister and just say, I have been struggling with anger. It's been mastering me. Would you pray with me? And you know what's amazing? In that moment when that wall comes down, lots of times that person will respond by saying, I'll pray for you, but not because I'm so righteous, because I want you to know I've had a potty mouth lately. Has anybody else ever had a potty mouth? You liars. (laughs) Not one of them raised their hand until I called them out. Listen, I've driven behind some of you. I know you're lying. I know you're lying, okay? 
I mean, there are times that we just have to confess. And we pray for each other. It doesn't just say that the person confessed waits for the righteous person to pray over them. No, it's not religion. We've confessed to each other, and what do we do? Pray for each other so that we may be healed. And the prayer of a righteous person is power. Who's the righteous person? The person that's just received covering for their sinfulness. How many of you were made righteous by the blood of Jesus? And how many know that when God deals with that sin and sets it right, you're right. I mean, it's righteousness. Here's the think about it. There are some healings that will only take place through the confession of sins to one another, period. That's some of them, that's just the way it happens. So we have looked at 15 different healing opportunities for you already, okay? More stuff for you to process, more stuff for you to think about, for you to chew on. Okay.